Hello and welcome back to Stanima, a Survivor Panama Rewatch podcast brought to you by the Bitter Jurors Network for the Survivor off-season. As always, I'm your host, Christine, and we are here with the Merge episode of Survivor Panama. We've gotten to the Merge. It is uh, The episode title is An Emerging Plan. Uh, the Survivor Wiki does helpfully tell us in the like trivia for this episode section. It's like, this is a pun on the Merge. So in case it wasn't obvious that they were making a pun on the Merge, um, they apparently are. So um, we're here, yes, to talk about Lamina and Kasaya coming together and will Kasaya flip? Will Lamina be able to break in? This episode, certainly not. I feel like I'm gonna, I wanna talk about how poorly I think Terry in particular places merch, um, but we'll talk about this in a second because I am not alone. My guests, I did not write up an intro for them, but I know them so I can wing it. Uh, there's Sam Sandish and Mike Lawless. Sam and Mike host the fantastic Buffy Boyfriends podcast, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast that I have guested on twice now, and I will be making some frequent appearances for season three. And you additionally probably know Sam from all things bitter jurors. Please welcome Stan, Stan, Stan sorry, Sam and Mike. Hi. Hello. Hi. Mike told me Stam. before. <laughs> Mike told me before we were recording that this is his first ever Survivor podcast, not to listen to, but that I'm to recording. Record. Yes. Wow! Oh, I'm so honored. Yeah, I mean, I had to do it for my friends. I, it had to be on the Bitter Jurors Network for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I had to be brand loyal. So uh, <laughs> brand loyalty is important. <laughs> I've been listening to Survivor podcasts for years now, and it's time to make the jump wow. to recording them. We had to do 20 plus episodes of Buffy Boyfriends before he was ready to dive in. Yeah, I had to get my my podcast legs. More like 30, I guess. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So Sam, you were on with me last season, so you don't have to get into your full Survivor history. But from both of you, you talk a bit about your relationships with Survivor. Mike, I want to hear a lot from you because we have not had you on the pod before your relationship to survivor and where Panama as a season sits for you. Sure. I'll just blast through so that we can get to the main show <laughs> of Mike. Uh, as stated previously, I watched as a kid, like we definitely saw Pearl Islands, definitely saw Guatemala. Don't remember much else. Then came back to it because Lita Brillman and I watched the survivor Kagayan finale together. She's been super into survivor her whole life. Then I started watching every single season, watch Worlds Apart live, slay, uh, and then have been watching live since then. And Panama for me, I mean, I definitely went into it knowing who the big people were in it. Like it was, I was watching it through partway through my watch of it, of Survivor as a whole. And so like I had some impressions. I was like, oh, this person's in the season, this person's in the season. And I do remember liking it and enjoying it. I think now I am in my fully realized Survivor fandom. I think I would really, really appreciate this season on a rewatch and am excited to go back and watch along with Stanima when I have the time. Slay, and how about you, Mike? Yeah, so I have been a... Let me take you back um, to the summer of 2000. I have, you know, fortunately and, and sometimes unfortunately been watching Survivor live since the Jenna Lewis boot in Borneo, which was my first episode. So I've been there for a lot of ups and downs, but, you know, I'm still trucking along. It's still my favorite show. And yeah, Panama, I it I will be honest, it didn't really leave a lot of an impression on me when I was a kid when I watched it live. I think I was watching the show for different reasons back then and had like different things I valued. But it didn't, it was on a rewatch sometime because I've probably seen this season all the way through like three or four times, probably because I used to really only watch Survivor reruns when I wanted, when I was like bored as a high schooler and didn't have any TV to watch, which is when I really started falling in love with it and like reading a lot of like episode recaps or like think pieces about the history of Survivor and I think what really connected with me was how everyone characterized the Kasaya tribe as just being totally chaotic but really competent at the game of Survivor and that is something that I'm drawn to I like watching 
people that I would not get along with in real life and that would drive me crazy do really well on the show. So I really love Panama. And how can you not like Suri? Exactly. How can you not like Suri? And I feel like this is if you like that part of Kasaya of like being a mess but being really competent, this was a great episode for you guys to pick because we get the like huddles and the let's go teams of like this tribe that like two seconds ago was on the verge of collapse and now they're like the most unified team ever. So was there a particular reason why you chose this episode or was it just kind of like, oh, the ones left, we'll take this one? You picked it. Yeah, I think it was like a combination of both. I think I wanted to do something after the merge. So seeing that the merge episode was available was big for me. And I feel like the season, for me, at least in my memory, doesn't pick up until the merge or maybe I'm wrong about that but for me I always like the season more after the merge unless it's really really bad I also feel I mean the this strategy talk and like Terry's pitching in this in this episode is one of the standout scenes for me of the season like just unforgettable stuff so I was definitely happy when we picked this one Yeah, I think there's something about these older seasons, too, where you have, I mean, nowadays that we can go up, this is not really relevant to the conversation necessarily, but they just cast 18 people who are big super fans of the show and have pretty good strategy, or at least like know how to make it through a strategic conversation. And the things about these old seasons are, you know, I'm probably going to be pilloried for this, but they recruited a lot of people who had never watched the show or didn't really know a lot about the show. And it's really fun for me to like see them learn the game live and think about like interesting strategies that like 18 super fans would never go with because it's, it is probably bad strategy. So to see someone like Terry give like such bad pitches to get people over to his side or to like really screw up the hidden immunity idol play this episode. I feel like we, you would never get that in like a survivor 44. So I think that that just really is interesting to me. Bad survivor gameplay is going to beat good survivor gameplay literally every single time when it comes to entertainment. Like there is just nothing that like someone could do with the numbers that would make me, as thrilled as watching like Bruce know he's completely on the outs of his own tribe and not even be considering leaving. And the other tribe is doing such a bad job of like convincing him to come over, even though he definitely like knows he's on the outs of his original tribe. Like (laughs) it's like, it's, it's bad on both of their parts and it's so funny. Yeah. Like, um, this came up when we were talking about this came up, we were talking about Bob dog and for God's sake and everything we were talking about, like, I something we do lack more in like modern survivor because we are casting more super fans is just like character coming through in gameplay. And like we're getting care we get character modern survivor people talking about themselves and saying, like, this is who I am, this is my life. And we still get some funny moments. Um, but like you're never gonna get someone like well, we might, but we very rarely get someone like Bob who's like gonna play the game how he wants to play the game and that tells us a lot about who he is as a person and it's like even though there's a million dollars on the line he won't own up to like he'll own up to like the fish but he won't apologize and same with terry here it's like you know terry's like not a character i love but he's a great i think character in the narrative of this season because he is so terry and like he cannot help but pitch i think what strikes me with the way terry pitches everyone in this episode is like he's on the bottom but he's like pitching them like he's from a position of power that he like and that's just so terry he's like such the hero of his tribe he's you know been in like powerful positions and been in the military being a pilot he's in charge and like you're not supposed to pitch people from the bottom like that you're supposed to be desperate and and come across a different way and so it just it reveals so much about him as a character and a person more than all this this much quote-unquote better gameplay we get now that's like more devoid of character because people are just thinking like chess like how can i win yeah because the ideal i mean the thing he should be doing is offering bruce final two like he should be like if you flip like i'm not loyal to these other guys it has to be us two old guys in the end that kind of thing but even when he and bruce are alone he's like we'll go to the final five it'll be us in the final five (laughs) he's like that's as much as i can do for you buddy like that's not a good deal like that's what he has with kasaya essentially it's what he thinks he has with kasaya 
Yeah, so let's just get into the episode because we're already talking about Terry and how bad he's playing, but we have some other stuff to talk about first. So at the top of this episode, it just immediately starts with Courtney and Shane like literally arguing while they sleep. <laughs> like even in even in slumber, they cannot they cannot be peaceful. I think it's great. It's two it, great one-time survivor characters that have never been brought back. And I think this is what is missing in modern survivor casting. It's like two people who are probably pretty unlikable who I just feel like you never, they, they're not, they're not casting people like that anymore. And it's just like, I think it's so interesting to me that they're now, they like, they clearly hate each other. We got in the, the previously on survivor, how they like, let Shane take back his son's name in the Alliance and they're going to vote him out. I can't, I, that is so funny (laughs) that he like swore on his son's name and then is now being like, I'm actually planning to betray you. So please let me (laughs) do that. (laughs) No, the fact that the the whole like last episode, he was like, free me from the bonds of this, this like (laughs) this sacred pact I have entered. And it's like, you didn't, if you had just avoided swearing on your son the day you met these people, you wouldn't be in this conundrum, buddy. Like he like immediately was like, these the first people I'm talking to in Gesaya, cool, we're aligned forever. I'm going to like put all this pressure on myself to stay in this alliance. And yet, like Courtney and Shane are just such a perfect storm. Like Courtney, the next day, she can't stop complaining about how cold and wet she is. Like she can't let it go. Um, and it's like already this has been it's it's truly incredible that Kasaya stayed together here. Like it really is a testament to how good they were at rallying themselves, but also a testament about how bad Lamina was. Cause it's like, how do you not get Courtney to turn on Shane? Like, like how do you not get Bruce to realize he's on the bottom? There's like so many, there's not just like one weak point. It's like, there's like six different weak points depending on who you talk to. Yeah. This was like the weakest moment for the Kasaya tribe and the Lamina tribe still couldn't do it. I think part of it is like back in, you know, old school survivor days, things that were sort of like, quote unquote, valued as threat were like strong men or like got men who look physically strong and the Lamina tribe voted out all of their women before the merge. So now they're all going into the merge as threats. And like, I feel like if they had maybe diversified their alliances or thought a little bit further down the line, they might be in a stronger position to win people over because I mean, I think back in old school survivor days and we saw it in the immunity challenge today, but like, why would somebody who is weaker at challenges like Sari or like Bruce flip over to an alliance with three men who are going to beat them in all the immunity challenges? And even the one who was pretending to be weak admitted that he was just pretending. Yeah. He's a very good actress. Very, very good. Right. He, Oscar, Oscar award-winning performance or something. That's what he said. Yeah. He, he could never. He could never be Karen. And like, we, I don't think we even saw them pitching Courtney. No. no or Danielle. No. Or Danielle. Or, or, no, or they Ar- did. Oh, yeah. The, uh, Nick and Austin went and talked to Aris. That was funny. Too. Nick and Austin talked to Aris. They pitched Shane and Sari as like a pair. It's just like, I, it's really bizarre. They tried Bruce, but yeah, it seemed like no one even tried Courtney. Maybe they thought she was just like too annoying. I don't know. They didn't even want to try. When she was the one who would have done it, probably. I, yeah, like if you just get They Courtney, wanted just... to vote out Shane anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And like they, the like Kasaya tribe did technically have the numbers to be able to like get rid of somebody if they wanted to and still have a majority. Yeah. Yeah. This wasn't even like a narrow like margin. They could have easily gotten out someone that they didn't want to work with anymore. But let me know. It's just so ineffective. But Mike, I, I did, I hadn't thought about what you said about the way they kind of set themselves up to be no matter what perceived as the biggest threats at the merge, because it was just telegraphed that these three dudes were like so tight based on how the eliminations went and Sally getting sent to exile, getting to be kind of separated from them in a way. Like it just like these three dudes just like really set them up. So obviously they couldn't predict that they would lose all those challenges and the, exactly when the merge would happen. But it was kind of a perfect storm for them to, even though I will say they did a very poor job. Like, I don't know how successful, even if they had made the right pitch, like I can't guarantee that would have happened. 
It also seems, it almost seems more likely that Sally was going to flip than anyone from Kasaya was going to flip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like Sally had more reason than anyone for, I mean, Kasaya has a lot of reasons to flip personally, but Sally has a lot of game reasons to like, be like, uh-uh, I want nothing to do with those guys because they screwed me over and they would, she knows they would have voted her out like at the last rounds. So, like, why not? Yeah, I feel like we didn't get a lot from her in this episode. It felt like there were, like, two people who spoke in this episode. I feel like Bruce and Terry were the only people, and then Shane sometimes. <laughs> the women have been silenced. Yeah. Did Aris talk much? I don't... I feel like we only really bit. saw Aris in, like, the a, group scenes. He had a merge confessional where he was like, we ate all the rice, and then we were slapping ourselves because we ate all the rice. He made fun of Bruce, <laughs> Bruce's rock garden. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, so that at the top of the episode, they should have brought that up the gar- rock garden to flip and be like, man, that rock garden's really stupid, isn't it? And he'd be like, I know, right? I, you know, in my days as a Survivor fan, have never really given much thought to Bruce. And I came away from this episode fully in love. Like, I, he's one of my new favorite Survivor characters. I'm I'm a big fan now. <laughs> he's like so sincere, so weird, so intense. But then also very chill. Like, we'll talk when he gets hit in the face with a machete. He's like, yeah, it's all good, man. Like, all good. Like, he's just so... His martial arts, his rock garden, he's an art teacher. He's just a very... There's a lot of layers to Bruce. And this episode, we certainly get to see quite a few. Yeah, it feels it feels like he's lived a very full life. And I... I mean, we see it in the episode. It's like, he's not connecting with the Kasaya tribe at all. He He's clearly on the outs and he knows it. It just, it's interesting to me that he doesn't flip at this point. Because he does seem to like get along with the Lamina people. He likes Terry. I mean, and this will, I mean, we're jumping ahead and sort of circling back to the same conversations we've already had, but it, it doesn't make sense to me that Bruce didn't flip. And I think that, is an indictment on Terry's gameplay with the idol. <laughs> didn't, for Heroes versus Villains, didn't Sugar list Bruce as her favorite Survivor contestant? <laughs> oh my god, I have to <laughs> Hold on, I'm, okay, so for, for Heroes versus Villains, both Danielle and Sugar listed Bruce as the castaway they most respected. Wow. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So <laughs> the <much>. girlies. <laughs> Where was Bruce on Heroes vs. Villains? <laughs> Very old. <laughs> wow. I mean, he's much older now. Bruce is like... Bruce is never returning. He's 75 now. Mm. So. That's tough. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll see him next, next season. Yeah, he would have been a big standout character. Huge villain. Uh, returned for Heroes vs. Villains. Would have dominated the season. Would have destroyed Russell. <laughs> so so yeah after like we get the scene at the top of bruce being like i'm on the bottom Hmm, this is a problem and then proceeding to not do anything about it later this is you sally's on exile big sally looking for the idol we of course know it's not there and the i just want to draw attention to the lumina boys when they get the tree meal clue the clue i love the clue starts with what what the heck is it like (laughs) that's just like the survivor clue writing they They got a rhyme do it's like sure what the heck is it <laughs> and that just really struck me it's like i don't think I've, we've ever seen a survivor clues start with a sentence like that i also like that like they see the boat they walk over to it and they like open up the tarp and like see wood underneath it and then like part of the note is like don't open any of the packages yet <laughs> <laughs> they're like wood that's pretty good yeah, yeah wood. <laughs> we will need that so yeah, this is the earliest merge ever at this point. I have fun fact. It was the fr- this is the merge on day 16. It was do you want to guess when the next day 16 merge was? Season 41? No, San Juan del Sur was mm. the only ah. the second 16 day 16 merge, and then that was surpassed by Survivor 41 day 12. So that is so bleak. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, yeah. Why did it, they merge so early? Because this was a 16-person season. I don't know why they did it so early. Maybe it's just because Lamina was getting down so low, and they were like, this is boring. I don't know. Like, I certainly wouldn't wanted to see Lamina go for another round. They were like, Jeff was like, Terry's about to be voted out before the merge. I gotta do something here. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's gonna have to waste his idol. Like, we gotta, we I gotta get our I'm boy. Jeff. I, I agree. I, they do need to save <laughs> Terry. 
Okay, randomly, Bobby was voted out on day 14, and then the Dan boot happened on day 15. And yeah, then they okay, I'm the seeing next that. Day. Yeah, Very three, strange. six. Misty was voted out day eight. They, there was like, it's like three days between, two days between, three days between, three days between. Yeah, so they did something with weird with the schedule here. Like some really, some much shorter cycles than we used to see. Now we see short cycles all the time, but the rest of the season's pretty normal. Huh. Well, early merge, earliest uh, until San Juan del Sur. One thing this season has in common with San Juan del Sur. I don't know if there's more, but <laughs> that's at least one. And Terry's immediately like, all right, gang, all right, gang we got to get someone to flip. I'm sure he said some sports metaphor we didn't see. He said a lot of those last episode. And they're they're gonna be they're like, okay, we're gonna go for Bruce and Shane first. And I guess that's just because he knows them. And but it's just like it again, the Bruce thing shouldn't should have worked, but like I don't even know about going for Shane here. I mean, the, like clearly like Terry had enough time away from Shane, he didn't realize everything that was going on with Shane. But it seemed like they kind of like made decisions about who they were going to go for before they even got there, which doesn't seem like the best decision. Yeah, and it makes it sound like they did not include Sally. In any, I mean, she was on Exile Island, but like, because she was on the tribe with like Danielle and Courtney right. too. So like she had prior connections and it seems like they didn't care about that at all. And it's, she was not included in any strategic conversations. I mean, they probably felt threatened by the idea of bringing in two women when they, when Sally definitely knows she's on the out. So it's like, if Sally, Courtney and Danielle teamed up, then it'd be three and three. And that doesn't work well for Terry Dietz. And I think that gets back to the Lamina boys kind of playing themselves into the, a corner, getting mm-hmm. into this merge, having stuck with like the guys strong, like they don't have the strong connection with Sally, like so they're not going to trust her as much to build those connections. They're the strong guys. Their only options are maybe to go with other guys. They feel like um, so their options are just more limited going into this merge than they should be. And I feel like they really should have waited to talk to Sally, but I under like again they don't trust her. And it's tough because she. Didn't, they didn't get a chance to talk to her boat like on the boat ride over or anything like that because she was coming from exile. But like I get, do they just have a read that Shane and Suri are super close and like that's why they're pitching both of them for the apparently like, I don't know where that it's came from. No, no, that idea. was really bizarre. It was, and I feel like that's just like a bad read on their part on Suri's influence in the Kasaya tribe. Because I, I mean, this episode, I feel told up tried to tell us that like Shane and Aris were making the decisions, but I feel like Suri is probably someone with the most influence over like all of Kasaya. And I mean, that just speaks to her gameplay that, that nobody is seeing that. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's horrible. I mean, Terry's pitch is obviously horrible on so many levels, but to go to Suri fields and be like, you're not even going to have to think about the game of survivor. It's like <laughs> complete misplay. Like she, she's going to be thinking about the game of survivor. I mean, you have to be wondering, wow, like she was the one is the one older woman left in the game. Like she must have like integrated herself into this tribe to some degree to have survived this long. Like she's the person who has the most, I mean, they're, everyone at Kasaya wants Kasaya to work out because it benefits all of them. But like, Suri is the person who is like really benefited the most by Kasaya staying together in this way because she should have been gone a long time ago. And if they kind of maybe read those dynamics or at least waited to read those dynamics, I know they had only su- su- only such little time before they had to go to immunity challenge, go to tribal. So I'll give them into that. They kind of did have to rush into this. But it feels like if they maybe read the power dynamics a little better of like looking at where people started out. Okay, who's still here? Like, you know, obviously Kasai is not going to give them much information, but it was just, I feel like they should have been like, hmm, how is Suri still here? It's very strange. I mean, they had three full days between the Dan boot and the Nick boot. So like they had time. Okay, like I won't be as nice anymore. Out on the tribe, <laughs> talk to Sally, you know, form up with the plan, but they did not, I mean, because I had just stuck together. Yeah, and I feel like that is, you know, obviously 
a victim of selective editing. I have to imagine mm-hmm. that sure. they talk, they tried to talk to everybody or like Sally did try to talk to the young girls, but obviously it didn't move the needle on anything and didn't tell mm-hmm. the story the editors were trying to tell, I guess. But I don't know. It was kind of, I, I think it would have been a more dynamic episode if they showed like all of the different Laminas, like trying to make inroads, but it really felt like very directed by Terry. And like mm-hmm. that one scene. Sure. They will. They, I mean, I bet Sally's pitch was way better than the other, <laughs> like Nick and Austin pitching RS and Terry doing his thing. And so they like couldn't show it because that was like against what they were trying to say about the Lamina tribe. <laughs> yeah. And like speaking of like having really great, excellent reads on things, I love that the first thing Shane says when Terry rolls up is, I don't think he has the idol. Like very confidently, like Shane. I mean, Terry does not have the idol. <laughs> Haven't seen the man in two weeks, but I know he doesn't have the idol. <laughs> yeah, but we have to take ourselves back. Like this is the what the second season with an idol, and like mm-hmm. only a few of them have been to Exile Island, and like they don't really know what the clues are like, or how mm-hmm. hard it's hidden, or like how much time you really have to look for it. So I understand that read and I feel like that is corrected like pretty immediately in like future seasons where you kind of just always assume anybody can have an Mm -hmm. idol. So I think that's, you know, an interesting relic of the past. Yeah, it's really this whole season is very fun to see people like reckon with like the idol as a season long mechanic. And obviously if we've seen this the next time on Survivor for next week, that's going to come into play in a big way as Terry tries to use the idol to uh, make some more inroads. Hey, he but even said is... this episode that he would use it strategically if he had to. Yeah, if he had to. And he was like, no, this episode I do not have to use it strategically. I'm just going to go make the worst pitches on planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> the power and of persuasion. Was... And they didn't go over the idle rules really in this episode, but in this season you play it after the votes are read, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that, yeah, that just makes Terry look even worse this episode. It does, but I do know that, you know, we know through the canon of the Survivor show that Terry comes back and he is, you know, very self-aware of his previous performance on the show. And he even has a confession where he he does successfully flip someone in his future season. And he's like, Terry Dietz has the social game. He's like like really worked on it since then. Uh, So, yeah, Lamina rolls up. Kasaya is just vibing and eating and then they eat the rice. I love that Kasaya just is like, okay, we can't get them anything. Like they're so like, we're not giving them shit. Like they're not eating. We're not giving them any information. And then they get this, of course, this great feast of drinks and snacks and everything. And like the tensions lighten a bit. Like it's that the vibes aren't bad. It's really only when Lamita tries to start pitching people that it gets like weird. It's when they start trying to pick Shane that things get a little tense. Uh, but Terry's first point of attack, as we said, is to go to Bruce. And then Shane and Aris are also seeing Bruce as a potential weak point. And they are like, okay, we got to make him feel like he's the leader. So like, okay, man, Bruce, like, you're our leader, man. We're going to do whatever you want. And poor Bruce is just like, nah, man, I'm going to defer to you guys. Like, he won't, he, like, he won't take the bait. He's just like, Bruce is both so aware of his position in the tribe and so oblivious to like what that means for him down the line. It's like both sides are trying to manage him, but it's not really doing anything. Like either way, he's just going to like stick with what he was going to do anyway, which is stay with Kasaya because he's a pretty loyal guy. And I'm standing. (laughs) But he does get the iconic, I'm the swing vote. I'm in the best position in the game confessional, which would make you think this is going to go poorly for him. But Lamina is too incompetent to make anything happen. You would think that it's either he's going to be voted out or that he'll do something huge with all of his power. But no, he just is the swing vote and deciding to stay where he's at. Hey, it's worked out for other people before. Maybe he sees what we see, that the Kasaya tribe is going to implode eventually. And maybe, like, in his view, if they get down to the final six, like, they're all going to cannibalize each other before they go after him. So, I mean, that is a valid strategy, but boring to watch. I'm very entertained. (laughs) You're Bruce's newest, biggest fan. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm ready for Bruce to be back. Uh, Survivor 46, Survivor 47. (laughs) He's going to be a captain. (laughs) uh, We've talked about it before, but the all Bruce season or the Bruce captain season. 
Yeah, and, easy. And maybe maybe they snuck him out there. If they put Bruce from Survivor Panama on the show today, how many of these kids would recognize him? All of them. <laughs> and it'll be like, you made the most beautiful tribe flag in Survivor history. <laughs> history, yeah. Mr. Art Teacher. Yes. Wait, but to, to, you mentioned the rice thing. I do think that that is like a really good instant, like, thing for the Kasaya tribe to do to like hold each other together that you're like so you're sort of like giving everybody a secret that they all know that like that they're holding over Lamina and just like it's kind it's not the buddy system but it's kind of like us versus them like we it's our food not their food it's yes sir eating all the chicken Exactly. In, in Vanuatu. <laughs> Obviously, that worked out, out very well for them a couple episodes later. But it's that same idea of like, we're all in on this together. It's us versus them. We have this kind of funny joke where we ate all the rice um, and they didn't get to have any. No, like all jokes aside, it is, I, I had forgotten they did that, um, but it, it makes this kind of intense moment. They're eating the rice really quickly and then they're all like, okay, hands in, like, this is our game. <laughs> They did have a lot of rice. It, it seemed like they had to eat a lot of it. And Aris called them all heathens or like referred to the, all of themselves as heathens. He included himself. <laughs> Do you think they finished their entire bag of rice? They, <laughs> they see the Lamina boat like slowly making their way. In, and they're like, oh, we've got like 20 more days of rice here. Let's just cook it all. We're not giving just them like crunching any- dry rice. <laughs> <laughs> it was poured in the fire. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Ahead of their time. Nick... So they're working on the shelter. Of course, fucking Terry is overseeing the shelter, like the shelter foreman, because he can't not be in charge of something. And then Nick and Bruce are like trying to cut the like rope on the tarp in the stupidest way possible. And Nick whacks Bruce in the face. This is really scary. Like this, like that could have been like, we could have had a survivor like death here. It looked, it was so painful. It looked so painful to watch, or it was painful to watch. It looked very painful for Bruce. I just, a machete to the face. It's so close to your eye. It's so close to your throat. It's so close. Like, thank God it hit a tooth, like, and stopped the sword. That machete is not clean. Like, there's dirt and grime all over it. And it's just like, ugh. Yeah, like, they for sure had to have a medical look at him. Like, yeah. we didn't see it, but there's no way they didn't have medical again. I'm afraid, like, literally, like, maybe they didn't. Maybe they were a little more, like, loosey-goosey back then. And now they're a little more worried about that. But that's scary. Like, that, like, I understand, like, everyone in Kasaya, like, seeing their lives flash before their eyes. Like, we're, we just got to the merge and we're about to lose a, num- lose a number here. But Bruce is, like, so chill about it. He's like, it's good. Like just chip my tooth like i feel so bad for nick like i like i'd be terrified like you like almost ki- like could have killed someone and it's like now you have to just keep playing this game yeah like everyone in that scene is kind of like you'll be out for like a day you'll get stitches you'll be back like don't even worry about it like it's gonna be fine you're gonna be good <laughs> sounds it's it just like and they and i wish they like played the sound but they were sort of like the sound it made was horrible and i'm like i have a gross fascination and kind of want to hear what it sounded like yeah Yeah, like bruce for sure had like a mic on him they could have just like jacked up the mic and (laughs) i guess it sounded too gross for cbs to air (laughs) release the bruce cut the bruce tooth cut the bruce cut cut (laughs) yeah sorry that was really delayed I'll edit out how much how delayed that was. Yeah, we'll fix that in post. <laughs> yeah, we'll fix that in post. <laughs> so yeah, Bruce is fine, and then we get him talking about the tribe name he has chosen. So he chooses the name Gitanos, which he says is a certain word that starts with G in Spanish. I will not say it because uh, it's considered a slur. I did look this up to confirm, and it is indeed the word used to refer to the Romani people who live in Spain, Portugal, and parts of southern France. It's like a word they used to refer to themselves, but we typically now try not to say the word he used. <laughs> yeah, not they were a little. Uh, they were ob- they were obfuscating with who came up with the name. Like at tribal, Jeff's like Courtney. Who came up with the name Gitanos? And Courtney's like, you know, we all kind of came up with it. <laughs> like it, we all agreed, but it's like 
you didn't all simultaneously come up with the Spanish word for Romani people. Like it, somebody <laughs> said that somebody said it and it's like, just, you, you, she just, I mean, why did it, why we never find out. It was Sally. Yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah, that's who we think it uh, is, and it's actually she's buried Sally. by the edit because of this. Yeah, oh, I love this conspiracy theory. <laughs> Sorry, Sally, if you're listening, you're <laughs> realistically. Well, uh, I'm sure Christine would have you on to correct the record. I would love Sally. Listen, we've we've made pleas to Sally multiple times now. Uh, <laughs> Sally, we know you listen to the pod. We know you have a lot of issues with the things we say. You frequently email me. You know, if you want to come sure- on and correct the record on this. I'm sure you've already got her as your finale guest. Uh, she's equal to Eliza Orleans in the lore of Survivor panel. <laughs> exactly. But seriously, I feel like it had to be Courtney who came up with the name. <laughs> like, Is that why Jeff asked her at Tribal? He was like, I've like, seen I the footage. <laughs> like, I know it was you. Like, it just she seems like the most likely suspect. Yeah, it's weird because I felt like it kind of, they were... It felt like they were kind of trying to say it was Bruce. Yeah, that's what it seems like, because he's the one who's like, this is the tribe name. Right. But they they never say who named it. But he the the tribe flag looks amazing. Like, it's the coolest tribe flag I've ever seen on Survivor. Very Mm -hmm. inspired to go vertical. True. I'm pulling up a picture of it. I can't remember what it looks like. Oh, yes. Very cool. Very cool. Oh, yeah. With the, like, fucking white dots around the letters looking like mm-hmm. like sequins the yeah. s like is so swoopy really cool and probably only because they were running out of room at the bottom of the flag but you know it still looks cool yeah more artists I'm checking, i was checking to see the trivia for that's their tribe on the survivor wiki to see if the same thing about who named it but they don't if there's any tea well sally please let me know we would love to know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've got our beautiful tribe flag. And then Nick and Austin try to work Aras. And he just completely like stonewalls them. He like, they're like, hey, buddy, like, who do you like? Who do you not like? And he's like, yeah, like, you know, get along. Like, I don't even remember what he says. He gives them the most like non-answer answer ever. And um, they immediately know that's a dead end. Like, mm-hmm. which is like, so Aras is like the person like, who might be like benefit the most from joining this alliance from like the point of like athletic young guy thing, but mm-hmm. he's so ingrained at Kasaya that's not going to happen. I mean, yes, and like even if it's a, we're just not even seeing the pitches that would make sense for these people to flip for. Like Nick and Austin definitely aren't saying it should be the three of us in the finals. Like we hate Terry, the kind of thing. Which is what you <laughs> need to say if you're looking for one person to flip to the bottom of your alliance you need to give them some kind of like believable story that this would benefit them and possibly end up with them winning and instead they, like rs is just kind of like i like everybody and when some went on when you're on survivor and somebody's not even throwing out a name to, like of who they like they do not want to work with you at all <laughs> yeah and i feel like rs is in a very good position on Kasaya, like it seems, and I said this, it seems like him, Shane, and Sari are sort of running things. So why would he leave? Because he's going to be yeah. all of them in, in challenges at the end. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you're like one of the two normal people in your alliance of six, this is a pretty good spot to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, like they're like immediately give up on RS. Then Terry starts his brilliant, brilliant plan. To flip Shane and Sari as a duo, which unclear, did someone mention to him? Like, you know, we don't see absolutely every, everything. Does he have some reason to believe they're close? I don't know. At this point, I think they're just, he's just like trying whatever. And he's like, join up with me. Shane says, why would we want to join your tribe, homie? And Sari, I love the quote. She says, I don't think he's in the position to offer me anything, which is exactly what Terry does wrong here. There's a lot of things wrong with the way he's pitching, but that's I think kind of boils down to the overall issue here is that he's acting like he's in the position of power when he's not. When it's like he's talking to Sari, who's arguably in the best position on Kasaya right now. Yeah. And is this like extra false confidence on his end because he has the idol, so he does feel like he's in a position of power? And the issue is mm. nobody else has that information, so it's kind of useless in these negotiations. 
I wonder if he would have played this any differently if he had the idol, if he would have, would have just been that. If that's just how Terry was always going to play this. I, I would wonder in like a different universe where Lamina doesn't have the idol, like how they, he would have approached this. It probably also hurts him that he has never been in the minority yet in the game. Like he, he's, he last vote, his four dude alliance was forced to be split up and he won out in that one as well. And so like, he's never once been blindsided or like trying to beg people to like keep him until this like really crucial point in the game. Yeah. Like there's, I think playing from being in the, on the top for too long is like, and then ending up at where you actually have to play the game. That's one of the worst positions to be in because you don't like, you have to like play catch up so quickly. Like, Sari has already had to work her way in. Like, she knows that this is a good deal for her. Like, she was on the bottom of this tribe. She's had some adversity. She was able to turn it around. Like, Shane was on the wrong side of the vote. Like, I mean, half of Kasai was on the wrong side of the vote. You know, even Sally's in a better position maybe here to maybe, like, figure these things out because she's, like, had to play with a little desperation. It's like Terry's having to, like, play, really play catch up, which is not when you're wanting to do it at the merge. Agreed. Some of the, but like, this is what makes it a really good episode to me, like, just how bad he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think the worst thing he does is when they're like all sitting around, it's like Lamina and then Sari and Shane, and they're all just sitting around. He's like, So you in? Like, just out of nowhere, just like, you in? And then Shane's like, What? He's like, In the alliance. He's like, Absolutely not. And it just pisses Shane off, which Shane obviously wasn't going to do it already. But it's just like, you do not like, you need like they were it was before the immunity challenge like it wasn't like right before tribal it just was like why would you do that yeah and i think at that point because they've already gotten no's from pretty much everybody on the kasaya tribe what's interesting to me is all four of them decide to stick together like you don't see nick or austin like throwing one of their own under the bus to try to like even Nick and Austin, who are like the two people who they're sort of deciding between, they all stay loyal to each other, which is you know, a tenant of old school Survivor. But you would never see that nowadays, I don't think. Yeah. No. No, people would just join the majority. If they if they hear the wind blowing a certain way, would try to save themselves. I mean, the, nowadays there'd be a billion trinkets they could pull out to uh, try to change the vote. But yeah, you wouldn't see the same well, okay, well, we're just going to stick together and vote together and it'll be like a like a protest vote. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and I think that like sets them up poorly for like the people who stay for the next game yeah. because they're like, well, now there's three people left who voted against Kasaya. Like they're obviously all loyal to each other. That gives the Kasaya people even less incentive to work with them the next round. So like we already know the three of you are sticking together and like you, if two of us flip to your side, you three are obviously going to vote us out. And it didn't even seem like the thing that would definitely happen nowadays where like, maybe it didn't seem like they were blindsided that Nick or Austin was like going to get votes. It seemed like, cause you would think that like to maybe two people on Kasaya did pretend to flip and they're like, yeah, we're definitely with you. Absolutely. Let's vote out chain. And then just didn't then stay loyal. But like, it seemed like, because I nobody else I did Lamina was just like all right well this is all we can do <laughs> so before we move on to the mini challenge I just want to point out that well, I think my favorite shot in the whole episode is like Terry's talking about Lamina's options right before the immunity challenge and he says we're not sure about Bruce and it's that audio is playing over a shot of Bruce like doing martial arts alone on the beach and that was like very funny to me <laughs> There's a, there's another one where somebody mentioned Shane really early on, and then it's just like a faraway shot of Shane like sitting and looking <laughs> and like just like solid solitude, just like looking off into the ocean. It was like very funny cutaway shots. <laughs> so this immunity challenge, this is an, a classic, one of the just like old school endurance challenges. We've seen this one on Australian Survivor too, for sure, um, where you have to hang upside down, like you're being like skewered over a fire um, and uh, just hold on to a pole and whoever's last wins 
And I did the chain when Jeff asks, is anything not clear? Like he always asks, like everyone understand the directions. And Shane like very aggressively says, pretty clear, Jeff. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and then Jeff gets annoyed with him later about the food stuff. It's some very aggressive interactions between Shane and Jeff in this challenge. I felt that this challenge needed much longer polls. Like this was not appropriate this is not right they needed to do like 10 separate structures to make this like actually fair but the way they did it it's like these people are their heads are like sitting on their each other's crotches like somebody's gonna get kicked on the way down like it's not right and it doesn't look safe i mean nobody has an accident but like the first thing like as cerise like falling down jeff's like if you're gonna fall like Drop your legs first, like, or else there's going to be a big issue. (laughs) Don't get a concussion. It looked very dangerous, especially in the same episode where Bruce took a machete to the face. They needed nets and they needed separate structures. You guys have a lot of complaints about the challenge. And they needed food. Sure. You will, of course, always do temptations. Yeah, no, Shane was right about that. That would have this challenge would have been a lot more fun if they'd had some uh, cheeseburgers in the mix. I can't believe Jeff didn't go for that. He loves tempting people and torturing them with food. That little fucking freak. If this was Jenna and Heidi, he'd be like, "Let's get a burger out here." He's like, "Let's go, ladies." <laughs> I think it would have been very fun if he brought out uh, one cigarette, like for Shane to drop off. That would have been funny. That would have been good. Yeah, I would have. That would have been a TV moment. <laughs> I would have been I, up there, like, right, right up there with the peanut butter and chocolate. <laughs> the previously on where they show them in the village, and Shane takes like a big drago cigarette and then like breathes it out, and then they cut away to like birds flying. <laughs> like that's just a cigarette ad. Like cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so Kasayev drops pretty quickly. We get Suri drops, Aris drops, Bruce drops, Sally's first, Lamina. Once Jeff's like, there's no food, Shane's like, I'm out of here, Danielle, Courtney. So it comes down to the three Lamina guys, which is not what Kasaya wants to happen. But Austin tries to get Terry. The Austin's whole thing here, I do not get it. He's like no. trying to get Terry to drop and his whole, it was all a, a ruse to appear weak. I mean, he survives, but I don't think that had anything to do with it. He's pretending to be weak by staying up on the pole for 30 minutes after every <laughs> single other person on the Kasai tribe was down in five. Like, if you wanted to be weak, you needed to fall off immediately. And, like, did he still fall off thinking, like, like as an act? Or do you think he really gave out at the end? I I think no. I don't know if I buy his whole, like, this is an act story. I think afterwards he was like, oh, I feel a little embarrassed. That was a little embarrassing that I begged Terry in front of everyone and then fell. Like, I like to believe he made that up to save face a bit. Well, it didn't work. Yeah. He told I mean- everyone. He, like, his, his, ruse was, his ruse didn't make any sense. And then he told everyone it was a trick. <laughs> well he thought he was going home so he's like i can't look like a pussy on tv i gotta be like i'm actually really strong guys i, I actually yeah i put Terry. myself in this position because i'm brave and strong <laughs> so but then terry deets wins immunity oh oh my god okay wait there was another amazing shot that of like someone when they okay i that i was trying to remember when this happened but at the beginning of this immunity challenge there's obviously the moment where Jeff says tribal immunity is no more. He slams it down on the ground out of a frame and he reveals individual immunity. And then there's like a one less than one second shot of Suri's face, like looking like surprised. Oh, yes. <laughs> she looks scared. Even. Yeah, right. She's like, uh, I just wanted to flag that, bring that up in case just has something to talk about. Yeah, I'll need to go back in the Survivor Out of Context Twitter account because I remember that screenshot coming up for this episode of that that Suri face and I, I'm sure I can pull it. I'll pull it for this episode. That was a really good impression though. I should just use a screenshot of you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, Nick is the last one to drop. I, this is, sorry, this is, I'm not going to apologize. Lots of people talk about Terry and his poor gameplay and his poor decisions. Terry should, I feel like the best play here was for Terry to drop and hope they vote for him and just play the idol. I get that like, it still wouldn't have fixed things for them because they would have still been in a minority next round. Like I get that was risky, but like this was the closest margin they were going to have. Like 
like, and this was their best bet at like poll votes on Terry. Cause they aren't like super, from what we see, it doesn't seem like people are freaking out about the idol yet. Like, mm-hmm. like I just feel like this was their best chance. And like, Terry's such an obvious person to go for be, let him drop. Let him put the votes on him. You guys take out who you think is the person holding Kasaya together and then hope that, like, get something loose. I just, like, I, but Terry's never going to not let himself win immunity. I don't think his pride would have let him. But I don't know. That was my thought. It's like, God, he should have dropped and let someone else take the immunity. I completely agree. I mean, that, I mean, there's just no other right decision to do here. Like, the, Cause who knows how Kasaya would react to like losing one of their members. It doesn't seem like Shane was really the one who they would have wanted to take out if they were going to pick one Kasaya to go home here. But like they, they needed to do what you said. Like Kasaya would have been in panic and maybe someone would flip. Like it, so many things could happen if they just like won out one time. Agreed. No further thoughts. I, yeah. I think it just like, if one Kasaya goes home now, it gives them permission to vote out more Kasayas at the at the next few tribal councils. And it's more likely that like if they vote out Shane or Aris at this place, then Bruce, if Bruce flips in the next vote, he like it's not a tie. It is he's in the majority and there's no rocks or anything like that. So yeah, that again, bad gameplay. No, no new thoughts. <laughs> I'm glad we're all in agreement. I think Terry needs is not the best survivor player in the history of the world, but I do like him more on his second time. I will give him that. I will give him that little that little crumb of recognition from myself. So yeah, Terry I was enjoying him too, though in this episode. Like I, I mean, like oh, he's a great he's character. Not, like good, but he's like funny. Yeah, yeah that gameplay I is just, fun. I just remembered, you know, disliking him, but now I'm like he's funny. No, I will. I will like defend Terry as like I think one of the great survivor characters for the role he plays in this season um, and and for being like fully himself and like playing the game, how he's going to play. That's like, I think to me, that makes like a great survivor character. Someone who is just like in every little game moment, you see who they are. They don't need to tell you who they are. You just see it. And that's why Panama for me is such a great season. Cause you see that in the way Kasaya plays everything and the way everyone argues with each other just reveals so much about them as people. So Terry falls under like, would not want to hang out with him, but I like having him on my TV. When Lita was on, did she tell you that her brother Facebook friend requested Terry? Yes. And it's Terry and his wife. Uh, share Joint account. Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about blood yes, versus Lita water. Yes, Lita did tell us that. I'd love that. I mean, I think there's probably a, a more likely Terry Blood vs. Water story they would go with, but it would be fun. I, I don't want to say anything. Never mind. I don't want to spoil anything, Obby. You can spoil Blood vs. Water. <laughs> well, no, it would be, it was, it's Panama spoilers. So oh, I, Panama. I'll, oh. I'll refrain. <laughs> but then, yes, yes, refrain. The The girls know, like, the girls know what you're, you're yes. referring to. <laughs> so they get back to camp. Austin's like, I'm fucked. I'm gone. He's like, I'm going to go pray with Bruce. And they just pray. He's like, thank you, Jesus, for this good time I've had here. Um, they say, love, they like, do that. And I got to play with they, Bruce. They cut the audio immediately. They're like, thank you, God. And then just like, they don't want to hear the rest of that. And then we have like, to... he's like, it's not like pray with Terry or pray with Nick. It's like, I got to go pray with Bruce. <laughs> I think it's another play. Like they're trying to like yeah. be like so pathetic. They're like, oh my God, well, I was just had, I had an amazing time here, blah, blah, blah. And they're like hoping Bruce is like, I'll save you. Kind yeah. of like, another Oscar winning performance. Yeah. But I, we've talked a lot this episode about how like Bruce is more aware than other people give him credit for. Like he recognizes that he's on the bottom at Kasaya. Like he probably can see that the Lamina tribe is just sucking up to him to try to get him to flip. And I I think it's, I don't think the Lamina people recognize that, that like Bruce understands the game. They're totally. Playing. No one mm-hmm. sees Bruce for who he is. Except for you. Except me. You know. Except Sam. <laughs> <laughs> the Bruce understander. 
So like I love that like when they when the Kasaya is having about to have their big meeting, Bruce is like literally in the middle of collecting rocks for his rock garden. Like that's so like could not be more perfect. He's like putting rocks in a bag and they like have to call him over and they all this. very like, obviously is, it's so funny. This is so like Shane is literally like screaming across the beach. <laughs> we have to have a strategic discussion. <laughs> like, and all the Lamina people just like sit around the fire and don't come over. Like, and, so they're, and they're just like mad. They're just mad that they're like discussing who's going to go home, but like they don't do anything to stop it. And like they're just so open about it. I love it. They should have just done the funny thing, which is it's always funny in Survivor when people see people having like a private strategic conversation and just like walk over and be like hey guys like because then they'll have to move again if they'll if they're going to be that brazen about it i am announcing myself (laughs) (laughs) the the kim spradlin moment (laughs) i love this kasaya's like strategic talk they like all held hands for an extended period of time (laughs) i took took note of that i loved that very south pacific of them (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Bruce is kind of like the pre-coach. He's doing mm. karate on the beach. Okay, and in the episode, Courtney wore feathers in her hair. Wow. wow. You just merge Bruce and Courtney together and you got coat. Coach. I see that. <laughs> there we go. We're on to something. But yeah, they're all holding hands. And like, Shane is so weirdly normal about this. He's like, what do you guys want? And maybe he's still riding that high of that cigarette. He's just like... We'll do what you guys want like he's okay you want austin okay you want nick like he's like being so normal i don't know what, like what came over him but sari is you know people are back and forth about shane austin she says he's nick is terry number two shane personally wants austin but he's ultimately like whoever like it doesn't matter and yeah, when Mina's super pissed at Shane, so they just decide to write his name down this is where they're like fine we're all just gonna do like a protest vote which is like they they did so much like stupid scrambling before and then like right before tribal they're just like no never mind we're which I get it like they were up against like what seemed like a very unified group but it, what is like we said it isn't something you would necessarily see now yeah you know some stunning gameplay here from all sides yeah so they go to tribal it's just I didn't take too many notes this wasn't a particularly exciting tribal other than the drama of who came up with the the tribe name we discovered um but it's just shane's very open about how much power kasaya has jeff calls them cocky aris isn't worried about them being cocky but he's worried about the idol that's pretty much it like it's very open but no one's the girls aren't fighting no but jeff does ask a few of the kasayas like are you guys gonna be scared if someone flips like are you expecting that and sari has a great quote where she's like i would be flabbergasted <laughs> if anybody flipped and she just she she sits in that word she elongates it um she's having she has a great smile on her face she's having a good time at tribal and a lot of the Kasa- like a lot of the other kasaya people laugh they're like we love Sari. social game <laughs> queen queen oh i did want to say you know we did mention that this was a pretty silent Suri episode but she's like walking around in all that like all in all pink outfit for most of it and i'm like strategy barbie (laughs) this barbie is a strategic queen (laughs) so yeah the vote comes down as we expect uh kasaya sticks together because of course lamina sticks together because they're just like oh whatever this is gonna work out six four nick shane Anything to say about Nick? Perhaps one of the most boring men on <laughs> ever be on Survivor. One of the greatest exit confessionals of all time. Yes, but otherwise, I <laughs> extremely boring man on the show. Yeah, where was that on the season? Right. And I still don't know what financial sales is. Right. <laughs> but that's what he does. It's fake. It is. He is one of the fakest jobs in Survivor history. I... I, will, I need to know. I'm, does he s- finance sales? Does he sell finances? I don't Who know. Knows? We're talking about it. So it's <laughs> Yeah, working. he's got us talking. <laughs> <laughs> so I will read Nick's final words in Please. their entirety because they are known as some of the most randomly profound final words in the history of survivors. So Nick, all you kids in your mid-20s that are in my situation, confused, not sure which direction life's push, pulling you. You're just trying to find yourself. 
I urge us all, please, be hungry, be foolish, block out the noise, find yourselves, be who you potentially are, and be true to your dreams and what you really want to do. If we all maximize that personal freedom, then we'll change the world. Wow. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like, I I think it wouldn't be as iconic if it came from, like, a much bigger character. But because this comes from this man who you genuinely do not know the difference between him and Austin from watching the show. Like, he, they are the same person and they are both the same boring person. So it's just, like, suddenly he's... Seems really cool and sweet and like nice and wants to use his final moments on national TV to like give a positive message to like struggling young adults. Like I'm obsessed. And it's really sweet. Like gives us a glimpse at like who he probably is like in his personal life that clearly didn't come across. They clearly saw, I don't want to say they clearly saw something in him in in casting because they were just cast like young like fit white guys and call it a day but i mean they found something in him to put him on the show above all the other like uh young fit white guys on the show and perhaps this is what they saw and that just didn't happen on this season is is something being googled mike's on his linkedin and i saw that he recently held a position called vp of sales so he's still in sales he's still in sales <laughs> he was most recently an account executive in the Phoenix metropolitan area. Where I'm from. His LinkedIn does not... Oh, it looks like he got a law degree. Oh, good for him. He went to law school. He's got an MBA. So he stayed hungry and figured out that he was supposed to go to law school. He was hungry and he changed the world. Could be me. And he's got 500 plus connections. Wow. Wow. I've also just found him. Should I send him a request? I'm sure he'd love to talk about Survivor. I'm sure he would. I'm from Arizona too, buddy. I don't don't have anything related to Arizona on my LinkedIn though, because I've not lived there since I was 14. Um, So other than uh, Nick's professional development, any other final notes on this episode before we pick episode titles? It just, I mean, Panama, like I said at the top, I've always really liked this season. And... Yeah, it just, it felt really good to watch old school Survivor today. Um, It was a good, not that I needed a pick me up for the day, but I was like, oh yeah, I remember like, this is good Survivor. Um, And it made me want to watch the whole season again. Agreed. I had a lot of fun. So it's interesting, like this episode really focused on a a lot of characters that I don't really think about when I think about this season. And so it's fun to like drop in and... Learn that I'm a Bruce Stan. So I have one last fun fact of this episode before we do a our episode titles. So this was the last time someone was voted out post-merge and wasn't on the jury until Kara Moen. Um, so that was something that happened a few times in the old school era. Nick was the last person. They did not have the, po- the first person after the merge not make the jury until Kara Moen. And that connects to what we were talking about earlier because Corinne, or not, I mean, because Sugar's thing on Heroes vs. Villains is that her the player she respects the least is Corinne. And so mm-hmm. Bruce, Corinne sort of connection here. There um, we go. Well, I think Connecting we know the dots. that Sugar's on the right side of history here. Right. Both, I mean, both those choices are great. <laughs> So episode titles, I will let you two go first. Our last week's poll is still going, so I cannot say who won, but I believe Audrey's going to win. It looks like Audrey's winning. So you two, whoever, which one of you go, wants to go first, uh, yeah, pick your episode title. Sure. My my alternate episode title is going to be, you can be cocky, but it's cooler if you're not, um, from our Invisible Queen, Sally. I like awesome. that. How about you, Sam? That was a good moment oh. in the episode when, like, Lamina was just, like, upset that Kasaya was strategizing. But for me, I had a lot. I, I, I wrote down a lot of different options. And I just, I didn't talk about it when it came up. But in in that same scene, when Kasaya goes over to, like, talk to each other, Bruce goes, like, thanks for including me. Which I thought was so nice. Uh, really genuine. But that's not what I will be choosing today. I considered doing all of Austin's, or no, Nick's, 
the uh, exit confessional and but i will be going with i was i'm I'm between like a couple still i need uh i'm between i was thinking about you your karate and i was waiting for a cigarette or a donut or a coffee and to be with him again is a pleasure (laughs) i think to be with him again is a pleasure sounds the most like a survivor episode title Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to think about what's going to win the poll. <laughs> uh, really belaboring. Um, I am going to go with to be with him again is a pleasure, which I think that, that's good. I think that either, I think Bruce said that about Terry. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, so. To be with him again is a pleasure. And I'm going to pick Sari saying it was like a dictionary salesman. <laughs> That's what she's how she describes Terry's pitch to her. It was like a dictionary salesman. So we have Mike with you can be cocky, but it's cooler if you're not. Sam with to be with him again is a pleasure. And myself with it was like a dictionary salesman. I think that's a good collection of titles. Yeah, I like this game because this is from before they always did episode like quotes for the episode titles. Mm-hmm. But then I distinctly remember later in the episode there is an iconic quote used as an episode title or later in the season yes i i know exactly which probably one of the most iconic episode titles ever <laughs> to come oh, from a quote. yeah, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i don't know how we're gonna top that one we might have to concede <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 no other quote that that episode could possibly get the point across yeah <laughs> so we'll get we'll, i'm excited to get that so i'm very excited to get to we've now got thank you for ushering us into the merge, which is what a lot of people would agree with a very, very entertaining uh, merge of Survivor. Um, thank you both. Um, I'm very excited to get further into this season. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up. Before I do plugs, next week I'll be back to talk about the power of the idol. As we saw in the next time on Survivor, we're going to be seeing Terry try to navigate how to use his idol. We'll see how that works for him. So I'll be back next week with that. But before we go... Where can the good people of this podcast find you both? Well, as Christine mentioned at the top of the episode, Sam and I host a Buffy the Vampire Slayer rewatch podcast. Buffy Boyfriends. And we are at Buffy Boyfriends on the social media channels, Twitter and Instagram, I believe. Um, And we are about to record our season two finale episode this week. So if you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, if you like TV from the 90s, you should listen. Even if you've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like Mike, uh, definitely check it out. Good show. Listen to our show. Uh, you can also follow me at Sam Stanish everywhere. And obviously, you if you're listening to this now, you know about the Bitter Doors podcast. And I'm sure if you're subscribed to the Bitter Doors feed, you're seeing every Monday this these recaps of legend of Korra book four are coming out listen along have fun you know i you know it's it's it gets up and down (laughs) i you know it's fun to talk through all these episodes but is book is legend of Korra worth it i'm coming away questioning (laughs) but you know it's fun to talk through the show that we have fantastic and you can follow me on twitter at the Extine Files and on Instagram at The Extine Files. You can read my writing on Inside Survivor. The same things as always. Shadow Play Gaze. Check out the everything that Sam and Mike already plugged. Um, and that's about it for me, I think, because you my other plugs are covered already. So thank you again, you both. I'm glad we got to usher in this merge with you two and do a lot of Terry shit talking. I'm sure that's gonna continue next week with my guests next time. Thank you again, and thank you everyone for listening and going on this wonderful journey with me, and we'll be back next week. Bye. Slay.